Good morning and welcome to First Church. We're so excited to have you here today. If you are new with us this morning, my name is Andrew and I am the lead pastor here at First Church. And we are so excited to welcome so many guests back to First Church on this Olivet Homecoming Sunday. We know that there's so many of you that have called First Church your home at some point in your spiritual journey, and we're excited to bring you back home today and to worship God together with you. If you are uh, new with us, we are in the middle or towards the end of a sermon series called We Are. Everyone, if you would, say it with me. We are. And what we are doing is we're exploring the mission and the vision and the values of who God has called First Church to be. Who are we? And why do we exist? Proverbs 29, 18, our key thought for the series says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, the people perish. And so God has laid it on our hearts to seek out his mission and his vision for us. If you would, here is our mission statement. Read it along with me. We exist to live out God's story in our community. We exist to live out God's story in our community, and we do it by living out the eight core values of who God has called us to become. Now, we have a lot of new people with us today, and we haven't done this for a while, so we're going to briefly review our eight core values. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, congregation participation, read them along with me. First, we are a church that values intimacy with God. We pursue God's heart. If we have intimacy with God, nothing else matters. If we don't have intimacy with God, nothing else matters. We pursue God's heart. Number two, we are a church that values relational evangelism. We connect the disconnected. We connect the disconnected. Week three, we value a church. We are a church that values life-on-life discipleship. Disciples produce disciples, right? Because everyone is a disciple and everyone disciples. Number four, we are a church that values intentional apprenticeship. Leaders develop leaders, right? It's not something that we do. It's who we are. We produce leaders. Number five, we are a church that values radical generosity, Radical generosity. We hold nothing back. Jesus gave his life for me and for you. And so we will give until it changes our life for him. Last week, number six, we are a church that values profound humility. Profound humility. We choose purpose over preference. And last week we learned we don't just choose it, but we gladly choose purpose over preference every time for reaching the lost for Jesus Christ. This week, Week seven, we are a church that values life together. We are created for community. And then next week, week eight, you are not going to want to miss it. And if you're here visiting for homecoming, go ahead and like change your flight and book a hotel because you're going to want to be here for this because we are a church that values missional living. What happens here doesn't stay here. The church does not exist for us. But we are the church, and we exist for the world. We are a church that lives on mission. We exist to live out God's story in our community. So this week, week seven, we are the kind of church that values life together. 
life together. Now, there is all sorts of images that might pop into your mind when you think about life together. Uh, Congregation participation, how many of you would say, I am an extrovert? I am an extrovert. I'm an extrovert. I love people, more people, life of the party. I don't have any problem getting extroverts to raise their hand because they're so excited, right? Look at me, right? Look at me. Here I am, right? Extroverts. Very good. How, how many of you on the other side, you'd say, I'm an introvert? I'm an introvert. Very good. A lot of introverts. Very good. Some of you are still too shy to raise your hand. Nobody, don't look at me. Can't raise my hand. Don't look at me, right? And so depending on where you are in the spectrum, life together might mean all sorts of things. You may love to be with people. And you say, bring on the party. Let's do this thing. The more, the merrier. If you're an introvert, you say, where can I hide? How can I get away? Don't include me on that one. And yet, here's what I found. Is that life together can be a really difficult thing for just about anyone. Doing true life together, being a true Christian community as God has called us to be, can be pretty difficult for just about anyone. And there's a couple reasons why. If you're taking notes, jot these down. First, life together is so hard because life together takes time. Life together takes time, right? And time is one thing that not many of us have a lot of. Uh, Think about it. When was the last time you told someone, I have nothing to do? right? Could you please give me something to do because I'm so bored, my schedule is so wide open that what I need is I need some more community, I need more people to take up my time. Not many of us, right? Because not many of us have time. See, in our society, what we've confused is we've confused this idea of busyness as an idea of significance. The busier we are, the more meaningful my life must be, and so we're so busy doing things that we have very little time for doing life with others. And life together in true Christian community takes time. Number two, if you're taking notes, life together gets messy. Everyone say messy with me. Messy. Life together gets messy, right? It doesn't just take our time, but it also requires our energy. If you spend enough time with people, Someone's going to say something wrong. Somebody's going to take something wrong. Somebody's going to look at you wrong. Somebody's going to just plain do something wrong, and it's going to hurt you. It's going to offend you. You're going to, be, you're going to want to leave. You're going to want to get offended, right? Because life together is messy, right? And if you don't believe me, just take a look at your own family, right? All right, does anybody else have a messy family, right? Anybody else got some mess going on in your family, right? Somebody's really excited about that mess. We're, <laughs> praise be to God, right? We've got all this mess in our family because life together is hard. Life together is messy. And then number three, here's the deal breaker for a lot of us. Life together requires vulnerability. Life together requires vulnerability. And this is where a lot of us kind of hit the brakes, right? You might even be an extrovert that loves people. You want to be around people all the time. You're excited about people, but you get to a certain depth in your relationship, and guess what you do? That's it. No more. And what so many of us have done, especially in the age of social media, and you know that we love social media here. It can be a great thing, but what we've done is we've confused a quantity of relationships for the the quality of relationships. We've exchanged quantity for quality, We have all these friends, but they're all at a shallow level. And life together requires vulnerability. So how many of you are excited already about life together? Am I really excited? You're so inspired. Andrew, this is so inspirational. I want to go do something life together, right? 
Why do we do it? If it's so hard, if it takes so much time, right? If it requires so much energy, if it takes vulnerability, then why do we do it? It's the reason we say our core value like this. In fact, I'm going to have you read it along with me up on the screen. Here's what we say. We are a church that values life together. We are created for community. We are committed to cultivating warm, relaxed, and authentic environments where people can thrive together. What are we created for? Created for community. We are created for community. In fact, if you go all the way back to the very first man, right? Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, look what God says. 2 verse 18, the Lord God said, it is, say it with me, it is not good for the man to be alone. So I will make a helper suitable for him. It is not good for man to be alone. So I will make a helper that's suitable for him. Uh, brief side note, this is free, all right? I'm not even going to charge you for this one. Are you excited? The, uh, the word helper here is by no means God intending to make woman subservient to man. Amen? Right? Amen. Got some, a lot of high-pitched amens there, right? Not, not in any way. It, it, it's not God's call here. In fact, this word helper in Hebrew literally means somebody who helps, somebody who aids, somebody who supports. And get this, it's the very same word often used for God himself. It's the very same word used for God himself, that God is Israel's helper, that God is our help. So this is in no way, I'm going to help somebody's marriage here, this is in no way meant to make the woman that only the helper or the subservient person to the man, right? Instead, he's actually putting her up in a position of honor and of glory in the household. Amen? Amen? Somebody's excited. A couple guys just got elbowed, and we are grateful for that, right? So here we go. Life together. How do we do it? How do we live out life together? Uh, there's really three key qualities that we see in Scripture and uh, these are so good, I'm so excited about them that I'm actually going to tell you in advance, which I never do, right? And we're going to look at them together. So here we are. I want you to say them with me after I say them, right? Here, here we are. We're, we're a community. This is what we do. We're a community that lifts up, a community that lets in, and a community that looks out. Say those three with me. We lift up, we let in, and we look out. Say it again. We lift up. We let in and we look out. This is how we do life together. Let's look at them individually. Number one, we're a community that lifts up. We are a community that lifts up. We lift up and we encourage one another. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says it like this. Let us not give up, say it with me, meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. What's he say? He says, don't give up meeting together. Don't give up doing life together, but encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. What's really incredible is that when we gather together to lift up our God in worship, guess what happens? We also end up lifting up one another. We also end up encouraging one another. We also end up sensing that inspiration of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I had a professor once who uh, used to ask his class, he would say, you know, how many Sundays in a row can you miss without it affecting your spirit? And, and we kind of talked about it, and somebody said two, and somebody said four, and one guy said, my, my wife only lets me get away with one. And so we talked about this for a while, and then he said, you know what, 
the biblical answer is none. The biblical answer is none. And he said, listen, we understand there's emergencies, there's health things, there's family vacations. We get that. But the truth of the matter is that the more we miss out on life together, the more it affects our own personal spiritual journey because we lift up. We encourage one another. I don't know if maybe you've experienced this. You you miss a Sunday, you're gone for whatever reason, your spirit feels different. You haven't been with the body. You haven't been refueled. You haven't experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, and you feel alone, and you feel isolated. We lift each other up. There's an incredible example of the way this is already happening in our uh, life together at First Church. Uh, There's a picture up on the screen, and uh, this was taken uh, just a little bit over a month ago. And you can't see him here, but there, kneeling at the altar, and we are surrounding him, is our brother, Matt Kressler. Uh, Matt was, uh, that day, uh, getting ready to go the very next day to an alcohol rehab center uh, to deal with a very serious alcohol addiction in his life. And we are praying over him. We are laying hands on him. We are lifting him up before God, asking the Holy Spirit to do a miracle in his life. And guess what happened? He did. Matt went up to this rehab center, and uh, about a month later, they came to him, and they said, this never happens. They said, but Matt, you are doing so good. You are making such incredible progress that we're actually going to let you go back to your home church and tell them what Jesus is doing in your life. They said, we never do this, but we're going to let you go back. And that's what he has done. Matt, if you would, we're going to actually, I'm actually invited Matt, and this is great. We never do this, but I've actually invited Matt. And Ron Brodeen, are you here? Ron, come on up. And uh, we'll stay down here, Matt, so you have to do these stairs. Come on over to the middle so they can see you. We're actually going to ask uh, Matt a couple questions um, and, uh, and listen to the way that God has used this community to lift him up. And, uh, and, his, and our brother Ron's going uh, to join us. Um, Matt, could you just tell us, take this mic. I know it's hot up here, isn't it? Feels, it, feel, it feels great. I have to do this every week, man. So, <laughs> yeah, Jesus. It's the, the light of Jesus up there. So... Tell us, tell us just real briefly, uh, what's God done in your life these last couple weeks? How, how's he been working in you? Uh, well, he's made me look at myself. Uh, I wanted to leave the place. Uh, and through other people in the church, I've seen that uh, there's another way uh, mm-hmm. to get a spiritual insight on life. I mean, mm-hmm. my life was gone. I mean, mm. today I actually sit back and look that I actually want a spiritual uh, en- enhancement. Um, <laughs> Praise God. Show me that there is more than alcohol. Praise um, Jesus. And give me an understanding of the Bible. Mm. Um, I mean, I got so many people in my life that really care. Um, I didn't care about myself, so I, today I know there is people that care. And I'm waiting to see that very light that you people see Mm. because I haven't seen it in so long. Um, I mean, I got so much support from you people, and it feels great. I Mm. mean, Mm. praise Jesus. (laughs) Matt, tell us a little bit uh, about who maybe in this church or or how God has used this church to lift you up during the season of life. Um, Ron Brodeen, he's the first man I met. the guy gets mad at me, and he's, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but he's, 
He's, I've known him six years, and the man has given me a lot of inspiration. Um, and there's many others they have. Uh, Kathy Heck, for mm, one. Yes. Uh, uh, Ruth and Ivor. Yeah. And Jeff uh, Schimmelfinger, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but there is some inspirational people. And it's talked to me that hasn't given up on me. Yeah. Uh, I got Granny. Yeah. Granny's my sweetheart. Praise Virginia God. Horn. Praise God. She's over there. Hi. Yeah. Um, and even Jay. Jay is another person. Wow. Thanks be uh, to God. Sometimes he doesn't like me, but I know he's <laughs> on my side. Praise um, Jesus. And, and, and I'm learning that. Praise I Jesus. mean, do I understand it? No. I'm trying to, though. Yeah. Yeah. And the journey continues. The you journey still have another five or six, six months. months. Six months. So you need our prayers. Yes, a lot of them. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to do it. Um, I'm not going to try. I'm going to do it. Praise God. Because Praise God. Praise God. Matt. Ron, is, is there anything you'd like to say to, uh, uh, to Matt? Well, well sorry. Ah. First of all, if I say something stupid, I'm on painkillers. I have a, <laughs> a nerve, so I'm a little weird anyways, but, you know. Um, I remember the day he walked in. He was, I just got to give you a little vision. He was wearing a black tank top, real tan. He was smoking a cigarette. He was trying to come in this door, and God said, you got to talk to this guy. And he comes in. He is totally wasted and very belligerent. And um, I got this. I, it was very uncomfortable. I got to see the church in action, mm. what the church really needs to be. Yeah. And I, uh, there were some Sundays I didn't want to be here because I was afraid he was going to be here. And I never <laughs> knew what I was going to get. Um, but it's been such a blessing. And just people appeared when, you know, I had him work on some of my, I have some rentals. And that's where we got into it a few times. <laughs> um, but I just, people just showed up and just kind of took over. And it's like you handed the baton. And, and just what a blessing to yes. see this moment. I mean, we took the pictures you guys took. We gave him those pictures, blew him up so he could look at it. And I remember when he was getting ready to go into the, the rehab, I was there. It was like my little boy was there. I was <laughs> dropping him off. I'm like, Daddy, don't leave me. But uh, <laughs> it was just, it's just such a, wow, God, you were just. And maybe it's that it took enough time for us to be changed, you know, to see what. We're a hospital here. Yes, that's we're, right. We're all messed up. That's right. You know. Yeah. Um, Praise God. But uh, God is good. And uh, I can't wait. I, I already see what he's doing because I've talked to his counselors. He's already making a difference in that place. Praise God. And uh, I can't wait to hear your whole story sometime. So Praise God. Praise God. Can we give God thanks for these two men? Thanks be to God. First Church, this is what we, this is what we do. This is life together. This is what we do when we lift each other up and lives are transformed. Number two, if you are taking notes, that was so good, we could end there, but we won't because you've got to finish your bulletin notes. So number two, we let in. Everybody say that with me. Let in. We let in. Look at Acts chapter 2. We call ourselves First Church, but this was actually the real First Church, and this is what they did. Every day, they continued to, say it with me, to meet together in the temple courts. So they, they worshiped together. They met together. They lifted each other up and worshiped. But then look what else they did. They broke bread where? 
in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. These guys spent a lot of time together. They were connected to each other. And if you remember a few months back when we did that all-church survey, uh, we got the results back, and quite honestly, the lowest score, one of the lowest scores that we had as a church was in the area of connectedness. It's in the area of connectedness. And so God has really used that to challenge our staff and our board. And we're so grateful for the way that the Holy Spirit used you to speak to us because what God has done is he's actually challenged us to set an initiative for 2008 and 18 to launch a network of small groups right here at First Church. In fact, by February 2018, our goal is to create an entire network of small groups that you can choose from, that you can join in, and that you can do life together with, that, that you can meet in each other's homes, that you can share a meal together, that you can grow closer to God and you can grow closer to one another. And the fact is that these small groups really can become your family. When somebody's sick, your small group is there. When somebody needs assistance, your small group is there. When somebody needs advice or wisdom, your small group is there. When somebody needs to celebrate and praise God, your small group is there. When somebody needs to mourn and to grieve, it's your small group that's there. We've already seen this in action in our own church uh, like most things, our student ministries, our youth group is light years ahead of the rest of us adults, right? And so they've actually been doing this for a couple of years. And so last week, many of you know, uh, Lucy Martinson, who is a, a teen in our group, um, came down with a really serious infection, and she was actually hospitalized. And so the small group that she's in meets every Sunday night, and they generally meet here at the church. But last week, Lucy was so sick that she wasn't able to, uh, to join. And so uh, uh, you can guess what their small group did. If Lucy couldn't come to small group, guess what? The small group was going to Lucy, right? And last week, right there in a Riverside hospital room, they had small group together with Lucy right there in the hospital. And I don't, I don't know if any of those girls are here. If you're here, would you stand up? Any of those girls that are here, there you go. Oh, they're all together. Very good. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. See, that, that's incredible. That's incredible. That's life together. That's encouraging each other. That's standing alongside each other. And the fact of the matter is, somebody might say, well, this is, this is hard because that requires vulnerability. That requires openness. That, allow, that requires me allowing somebody into my life. And we want to look like we've got everything together. We've got our act together. We look strong. We look good. But here's the key. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Life together does not depend on your strength. Life together requires your weakness. Doing life together does not depend upon you being strong and looking good and teaching others. Life together requires, I'm an open book. I need help, and I desperately need the community. And if I could be so bold as to say this, First Church, that's exactly what our community needs too. It, it's that type of community that can transform the community outside our walls, where people can walk in and realize, listen, this is a group of people. They don't have their act together. <laughs> they don't have everything. They, 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 don't have, they don't have a mask on. They don't look all good. They, they, they need help just like me. 
And that type of community can transform the way that God speaks to other people's lives as well. We do life together. We lift up together. We let each other in. And then number three, we look out. We look out. He said, what do we look out for? We look out for each other. Why do we need that? Because what the Bible says is that we're actually engaged in a battle of eternal proportions. You see, what the Bible says is that we have a spiritual enemy who desires to steal and to kill and to destroy everything that's meaningful to the heart of God. We have a spiritual enemy who is a prowling lion, roaring lion, prowling about, seeking whom he may devour. And let me let you in on a secret. He hates communities. He hates families. He hates togetherness. And we need protection. And we need to look out for one another. We need the Holy Spirit to speak to our lives. Galatians chapter 6 says this, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. He says, let us not become what? Weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Say, reap a harvest. Reap a harvest, right? If we do not give up. We look out for each other. We stand up for each other. We defend one another because we're not fighting each other. We're not fighting each other. It's not our preferences against somebody else's preferences. We're engaged in a spiritual battle of epic proportions. And we're all together on the same team. And we look out for one another. This is so important. I want you to write this down. Life together is not just about spending time together. But life together is investing time in one another, looking out for each other, caring for each other. Again, there's, uh, there's ways all over this church that we have seen this in action. We've particularly seen it in one way in the life of our sister, Sarah Linfield. Uh, we had a moment uh, a couple weeks ago to sit down with Sarah to talk about her spiritual journey. And we're going to show the video in just a moment. And I want you to hear the way in which God used a small group, a small group of women who looked out for Sarah, who cared for Sarah, who wouldn't let her quit, regardless of what she wanted for herself. The Holy Spirit used this group, and it has radically transformed her life. Take a look on the screen. I'm here today because of those intentional relationships who reflected who Christ was in their life and who God is and who he could be in my life. I was involved in a pretty serious car accident. That lasted, like I said, about two years of physical therapy. And then all of a sudden I kept getting sick. I was diagnosed with cancer. Just hearing the word cancer um, is like a nuclear explosion that goes off um, when you hear those words. I was feeling pretty defeated. I started blaming God. I was also facing um, some old demons that turned into some new ones of some addictions. I had a friend of mine who did my physical therapy um, who reached out to me and knew I'd walked away. She invited me to come to First Church, and I said, fine, I will, I'll come, but I'm just going to observe. First Church didn't let me do that. (laughs) They began investing in me right then and there. A group of ladies came into my life. I can truly say they helped save my life. They never once judged me. They never condemned me to hell and said I was this horrible sinner. They kept pointing me to truth and kept loving me 
and kept telling me God loves me. And these ladies um, started a Bible study with me. We started text messages back and forth where I could reach out and say, hey, I'm struggling. And the only reason why I'm here today is because of those intentional relationships. Um, it's my hope and my goal now to be able to do that for others. I can never repay, repay um, all the people who invested in my life. There's no way, but I can turn around and hopefully now be a reflection of who Christ is in my life to others because I got to know who Christ really was through the lives of others. Thanks be to God. <laughs> Praise God for Sarah's life. And praise God for a small group of women that surrounded her and said, we won't let you go. Regardless of what you do, we're not going to let you go. First Church, this is what we do. This is life together. We lift up, we let in, and we look out. We're created for community. We're created to commit spaces in our lives where people can find Jesus, where people can grow together, where people like Matt and people like Lucy and people like Sarah can grow and thrive together closer to Jesus and closer to one another. It's not just what we do. It's who we are. And I believe that if God could find in us a community like this, he would use it to transform this whole area. I believe there are people that are desperate for hope. In fact, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, right? One out of every two people have no church, no pastor, and no spiritual family, no one to do life together with. And they're desperate for hope. They're desperate for life. They're desperate to, to turn the page, to, to write a new chapter, to tell a different story. And you and I, First Church, have that hope. Jesus says you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and give glory to your Father in heaven. And the best way, the only way, is to do it together. Jesus, we come before you today, and we ask that you'd speak to us right now, soften our hearts, that your Holy Spirit would work in an incredible way in us. As we uh, go to a time of prayer today, uh, the invitation this morning really is very simple. Jesus is calling you to life together. He's calling you to a deeper walk with him and a deeper walk with others. And there may be some of you here today that you're just visiting, you're going to go back home and you're going to go back to your church, but you're going to leave here today and you say, I'm not going until I go to a place that has life together. I want to take it with me. I want people to know the good news of Jesus Christ through me. There's others of you here today that, that you're here and maybe you're new to this church or you've been here for a while and you've realized today, hey, 75 minutes on a Sunday morning, it's not enough. It's not enough. I need accountability. I, I need a small group. I need a Sunday school class. I need people who can walk alongside me to, to, to lift me up, to let me in, to look out for me, and I need life together. There's others of you here today, you already get this, and you already know, and you're simply saying, praise God, I want to go deeper, I want a deeper walk with him, I want more of him, I want to grow closer to him and life together. Wherever you are today on your spiritual journey, if that's your prayer, you say, Jesus, I want life together. I want life together with you, and I want life together in community. Would you lift up your hand right now? 
Life together with you and life together in community. Hands up all over the place, all over the place. Thank you, Jesus. God, you see our hands. More importantly, you know our hearts. and You know the power of the Holy Spirit that's working in us right now. Jesus, we need the community. We need somebody to surround us, to hold us accountable, to get us back in line, to draw us closer to you. We pray, Lord, that you'd raise up those people in our lives. We thank you for bringing us to a church that desperately desires more of you and more of each other. Draw us closer. Bring us into your presence today. As we continue to pray, heads bowed and eyes closed, there are others of you here today that Jesus has brought you to this moment for this purpose. Let me take just a moment to tell you about a God that loved you so much, a God that was so desperate to do life together with you that he gave his only son. You see, Jesus was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He was a perfect example in every way. And then he died a perfect sacrifice, a sinless sacrifice for your sins and for mine. And you say, why would he do that? What's the point? Why would he engage in that? And the answer is simple, because we needed it, because we needed life together with him. And scripture tells us that he who knew no sin became a perfect sin offering for us that we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, that we can do life together with him. And there's some of you here today and you're saying, you know what, that's what I want and that's what I need. I need more life with Jesus. I'm just not sure he wants me. After all that I've done and all that I've been and all that I've messed up, he's got to be frustrated with me. And Jesus is standing in front of you right now and he's holding out that nail-scarred hand and he's saying, I did it for you. I did it for you. The last drop of my blood, the last breath of my lungs, I did it for you because I want life together eternally with you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how bad it got or how far you've run because Jesus loves you. Jesus forgives you. He gave his life for you so that you can give your life eternally with him. Today, the Holy Spirit is saying to you, it's time to come home. It's time to come home. You found a God that will accept you. You found a church that will love you. This is where God is calling you to be. And today, by the name of Jesus, you say, that's me. I need forgiveness. I need a savior. I need hope. I need a home. That is me. If that's your prayer today, I'm going to ask you to raise up your hand right now. Wherever you are, thanks be to God, brother. Who else? Thanks be to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you guys down front. Praise God. Thank you, brother. Who else? Who else? I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Who else? Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Who else? This is the day. doesn't matter what you've done. As far as the east is from the west, God says, so far has he cast your sin from you. Today's the day of your salvation. Thank you, Jesus. If you're new with us, nobody here at First Church prays alone. We always pray together as new life enters into the kingdom of God. Repeat after me, Heavenly Father, I need you. I need forgiveness. I need clean to be clean. Forgive me of my sins. Jesus, you died so I could be forgiven. Jesus, you rose so I could be set free. And today I need you. Life together, right now and forever. And Jesus, from this moment forward, 
I'm never turning back. In Jesus' name we pray together. Amen, amen. First Church, can we thank God for new life, lives that are changed, and life together here at First Church.